We so thank you for joining us at Connections Podcast. We, as educators of human connection, invite and encourage healing and facilitate personal growth through impeccable honesty, rigorous personal responsibility, and vulnerable humility. We invite everyone who's interested in gaining greater connection with oneself, others, and God to continue on your educational road to happiness and joy through our simple yet life-changing three-step curriculum. First, search our library for personal learning, podcasts, videos, and workbooks. Second, register with our classroom for familial, parental, expert, and business classes. And third, join our community for personal coaching and group practicums. Thank you again and enjoy our podcast. I want to talk about gratitude and compassion. I feel immense amount of gratitude for uh, the time of year it is. I love this time of year. The sun starts rising earlier and we have longer days And I also feel a whole lot of compassion. I've been talking to some farmers that are friends of mine, and they are praying for rain uh, because of their crops are dying. And so I feel a ton of compassion. And as I've been preparing this podcast, I have been reflecting uh, on all the things that I feel grateful for, and also the people and the events and the experiences that I've had as I've lived, you know, my short uh, few decades on the planet of compassion that I have for my life's experiences and the, the experiences that I've had, the people I've interacted with. And as I've been preparing this, what I've realized is that compassion and gratitude go hand in hand, that you cannot have compassion without gratitude and vice versa. When I feel a sense of gratitude, which is, it's innumerable. You can't um, run out of things to be grateful for. Even in the, the worst, quote unquote, worst case scenarios, there is always something to acknowledge um, that you're grateful for. And as you're doing that, uh, you also are being invited to have a lot of compassion, primarily <clears throat> for yourself. And as you develop that skill of having compassion for you, you will quite naturally want to give compassion to others. And this skill of looking for things that you are grateful for is a great uh, starting point to create compassion for yourself as you can language uh, all the many things in your life that you have gratitude for and because of. Um, it is an invitation into feeling compassion for yourself because all of us have difficult experiences in our life. There's not one of us that um, has not experienced something that's been challenging. And so to have compassion for yourself and compassion is not synonymous with feeling victim, feeling entitled, feeling uh, sorry for it's more of having an awareness, having a sophistication around self that the difficulty in this situation is just that. It is difficult. And I can and will move through this. And I want to move through it in truth 
and I want to move through it in maturity, which means being honest and responsible and humble and being willing to show compassion for myself. And as I stated before, as I learn how to engage that energy and act on that um, characteristic of compassion, I will naturally start giving compassion towards others. So what beautiful concepts, compassion and gratitude. You know, as I think about these two energies, these two invitations into a spiritual practice, compassion and gratitude, it causes me to reflect on the laws of justice and mercy and how you cannot have one law without the other. They both um, govern each other and compassion and gratitude are the same. You cannot have gratitude without having compassion and vice versa. And so one, when one is present, the other is always uh, available for you to notice. Now, we may not choose to recognize that, just like we may not choose to recognize that there's mercy in justice. Um, and that would be a choice that you absolutely could make. And for those of us who are willing to stay humble and stay honest and be responsible, you will recognize the power of gratitude and how it invites you right into having a state of compassion or a angle of compassion for self primarily and then for others. So let's talk about uh, what compassion is. Compassion is a desire for the welfare of another person. Compassion is both a feeling and an action. Compassion is a form of empathy. I experience and feel the emotions of another person. And I would also put that uh, in there that I, I um, feel empathy and experience and feel the emotions for myself as well. That compassion is both a feeling and an action towards self for the welfare of myself. I appreciate and understand their thoughts and emotions. And at the same time, I am boundaried. I do not take responsibility for their experiences, their choices, or emotions. So an act of compassion looks like this. Uh, I say to someone, I know you're caught in a snowstorm at the airport and cannot fly home. In the spirit of compassion, I will continue to watch your children until you can return home. I feel or have compassion for the person's experience. I acknowledge and honor my own boundaries and I give to them according to what is honest and responsible for me to give. I give to others without dropping responsibility for myself. Now, as I said previously, that action of compassion is also done unto yourself because as you learn how to govern compassion and uh, engage in compassionate acts for self, you will naturally do this for others. And so compassion is oftentimes seen as um, something that's directed only to others. And it actually is not. It starts with self, just like gratitude starts with self. So having sensitivity and concern for sufferings and misfortunes of another and oneself that is what compassion is. So the root word is calm, C-O-M. And that is Latin, which means togetherness, 
to commune. And then passion is defined as strong and barely controllable emotion, intense desire or enthusiasm for something or someone. Isn't that beautiful? Calm passion. Calm is togetherness or communion. And passion is, and I love this definition, strong and barely controllable emotion. (laughs) That was actually in the dictionary, Webster's. Uh, And I think all of us can relate to that. When you feel something passionately, it feels barely controllable emotion, intense desire or enthusiasm for something or someone. So compassion means to share with, to commune with, passion, quote unquote, or intense emotions. Isn't that a beautiful image? I just think that's so lovely. To genuinely and without strings attached, share, offer, give, relate, identify with, connect to, emotion, compassion. Without strings attached, what a gift to offer oneself and another. So we are given the directive to be compassionate. Yet how do we do that? So be compassionate, but how do you be compassionate? How do we allow ourselves to feel emotions and then without distortion, share that passion that emotion, that vulnerability with someone else. It sounds super easy, yet it's not easy. It takes a soul who is skilled at being emotionally honest in their experiences in life. It takes a soul who is willing, quote unquote, humble, to be vulnerable and risk sharing emotions and being willing to risk in that the other person may not appreciate Uh, or want your compassion or desire to have you feel so intensely towards them. It's a soul who is willing to be responsible for themselves and someone who knows their boundaries and a soul who is aware of their own perceptions, someone who's aware of their own emotions and choices and outcomes and does not place responsibility onto another for their own stuff. It's a lot of consciousness. So, you know, probably for many of us, we thought like compassion is just something easy. Like, oh, um, you know, they had a new baby. I feel compassion for them. And what I'm inviting us to do is really be deliberate about the kind of compassion that you give. Because oftentimes when we share or quote unquote give compassion, we absolutely have something attached to that. Like we want something. We want them to see that we're friendly or kind or loving or good, (laughs) or we want them to like us. There's oftentimes some kind of control inside of our compassion. So what I'm suggesting is that compassion requires consciousness. It is a movement whereby the person enacting the compassion is absolutely aware of their motives and their desires, and they have fulfilled their own needs As so, to be available to share and touch another with all the efforts of their awareness, all the efforts of their love, like their self-care of themselves, their emotional honesty. Compassion is not a flippant, reactional, emotional response to another person or oneself. Compassion is a deliberate focus on the specifics of the storyline of the other person. 
and an ability to connect, which means be honest, responsible, humble with the storyline. The intellectual IQ and the emotional IQ of the storyline to then, through verbal and nonverbals, share that you connect with the storyline. Wow, that's a lot of consciousness. There is no compassion with only words. Words without emotion is hollow. It's shallow. And a person will feel the emptiness of those words. Compassion must include passion. It must include emotion. Any emotion. And the more vulnerable you are with your emotions and the emotions of others, the easier it will be to experience and feel the compassion. The passion slash emotions that connects, that communes, that resonates and revibrates within a soul. Passion, emotion that can heal and cause a person to know and feel and proclaim love and empathy. Compassion is vulnerable, which means you being vulnerable, you are willing to be honest, responsible, and humble. And being vulnerable is expressing, sharing empathy. And being empathic means living a life where you are conscious about choice and how your choice to perceive affects the emotions you feel. And therefore, the way you choose to respond or connect to your own experience and how you have compassion for self and others. So compassion is about a together, a togetherness and intense emotion. I just love that image, a communion with another person around emotion. There is an opportunity to experience compassion in every situation and with every interaction. If you're looking for it, if you're willing to look for it, you can recognize and see a place to have compassion in every situation and with every interaction with yourself and with somebody else. So question, what types of experiences can you have compassion for? So it's common to express compassion for someone who is considered struggling with something and or is hurting. Yet how do you show compassion for an event or an experience where there is an, where there is an absence of pain or discomfort? So if you're showing compassion, you're showing emotion for or you're relating to the other person. So here's some examples. They get their nails done and they're really excited and you can show you can commune with that emotion. Uh, this person gets into a college that they desired and they're just so uh, just, just elated with this uh, news. You can show emotion, this togetherness of emotion for them, show compassion for them. Uh, you washed your car and you're super proud of it. Like you got all the spots and you detailed the insides. There's not like one speck of dirt in your car. And you are saying, hey, I would really like to have you commune with this experience and show some compassion. It was super hard. Um, you bought your own, you bought your first couch <laughs> and you're saying to yourself and to others like, look, I went out and bought my secondhand used couch and I'm so proud of it. Uh, you went to a favorite player movie and you're saying, you know, this was such a treat. Um, I rarely go out and, and uh, you know, spend money on this kind of thing. And would you connect with this with me? 
you wrote a letter that was comforting to a friend and asking someone to have compassion. Now, all of these things, there was no really pain in any of those circumstances. Yet you can have compassion for yourself and you can also invite those people around you who know how to live in consciousness to have communing, relating emotion with you. Just as you would or could express empathy, you can express its counterpart, which is compassion. Compassion is about the emotion of the experience, whereas empathy brings in some logic and states that you get why they feel this way because of what, um, because of what, like explaining what they've been through. When you're being empathic, you are having compassion. It is important to be able to relate, to connect to every person you meet, whether you have just met them or you've known them for years. So gratitude, excuse me, so uh, I want to stop right there and just have you think because I want to move into gratitude next. Compassion is this powerful exchange between yourself and once you have expressed compassion for you, a a powerful interchange between, between another person. So let's transition and talk about compassion's counterpart, the other part of the law, which is gratitude. You cannot have one without the other. Gratitude is the gateway into the practice of compassion. So for many of us, gratitude was or is taught as being mannered or being nice or minding our P's and Q's and saying please and thank you. For some of us, the term gratitude remains at the level of manners and politeness and etiquette. Many of us have been taught that gratitude is good and it's what good people do. Yet perhaps we have not known how to activate it. Maybe you've said the words and even done the actions of gratitude without experiencing the peace and love of gratitude within yourself. This type of surface level or shallow gratitude is so unfortunate because the essence of true and deep gratitude um, is the recognition of one's own soul and the souls of others. A recognition of truth that leads to peace. Gratitude is a beautiful, healing, ennobling, calming, connecting experience that many of us in our world are missing out on. One of the reasons we miss out on showing and receiving gratitude is that we buy into our distorted thoughts and false beliefs that preclude us from connecting with ourselves and others and thus prevent us from feeling and experiencing gratitude. So let's talk about gratitude for a minute. Let's define it. To be grateful means to empathize and connect with yourself and others and your environment. It means to see the truth about reality, that God or a higher power is aware and loves you. It means seeing the whole reality, the big picture, instead of only focusing in on one detail of reality that you don't agree with or don't enjoy or don't want. Gratitude is the ability to and the manifestation of surrender and humility. So 
You can only engage, feel authentic gratitude to the level you care for yourself. So why is that? Gratitude is part of a cycle of self-care. As you consciously choose to engage in self-care, which means show compassion, be honest, responsible, humble, your awareness of reality grows, fortifying your connection to yourself, to others, and to God or a higher power, and consequently heightening your propensity to perceive or sense or notice the opportunity to experience gratitude that is always and has always been present in your experiences. Self-care, which translates into compassion and being honest, responsible, humble, enhances your ability to appreciate gratitude. And feeling gratitude similarly strengthens your desire to care for yourself. Gratitude is a conscious choice. In every experience, including experiences that are or are perceived as negative, traumatic, sad, confusing, angering, and so forth, we are responsible to move into compassion. Truth slash reality and gratitude around the experience. In this vein, you can begin to heal the hurt and distortions which possibly still exist in the experience. When I choose to be grateful for a challenging circumstance or traumatic experience, I do so for the benefit of myself in this experience. I choose to engage in gratitude in order to care for myself. My focus is always on me on my own experience and my own perceptions and my own emotions. My focus is on me first to make sure I don't blame another or act like a victim of other people or circumstances. If I put my focus on others, I will merely be distracting myself from asking, why am I thinking and why am I feeling and why am I choosing and why am I reacting the ways that I am around this experience? I need to keep my focus specifically on me and not on those or others, or on making up stories about what I think their experience is or was. As I live in gratitude, I accept the people and the experiences that pass through my life. And I do not attempt to be jealously guarded or defensive, or try to control or scare or avoid or injure them. Instead, I, one, accept my experiences and feel the appropriate emotions associated with each experience. I, two, learn what I am to learn from the experience. And three, I choose to feel blessed and grateful for what I've experienced and what I am learning. That's a lot. It's a big order. Expressing gratitude is monumentally important to self-care. In order to maintain gratitude in your life, you must express it inside those experiences and to those people which you are grateful for. Expressing gratitude is a part of self-assertion and advocating for oneself. When feelings of gratitude are suppressed or ignored or not verbalized, those feelings of gratitude will become dulled and muffled. Unexpressed feelings of gratitude will support you to disconnect from yourself because you're avoiding or denying the truth that gratitude is attempting, excuse me, gratitude is attempting to teach you. In other words, expressing gratitude is an act of advocating for the truth that is happening in your experience. And refusing to advocate for truth is a form of lying to yourself and others. Refusing to express gratitude also deprives you of connecting experiences with other people. The emotion of gratitude is a powerful and spiritually mature emotion. 
feeling and expressing gratitude in word and action will reconnect you to yourself and to others. So gratitude is a powerful, motivating force behind validation, empathy, and vulnerability. When I choose to be grateful, I am open and vulnerable emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I am willing to risk emotionally and with other people because I feel centered and stable and anchored to myself and to God and a higher power. I recognize that the external world cannot harm me at a core spiritual level. When I choose to be grateful, I have the privilege of living life, quote unquote, out of control, which means I recognize and surrender that I cannot control. Gratitude is a manifestation of the connecting force of love. That is absolutely beautiful. Gratitude is very personal. It's about what I experience, what I appreciate, what I notice, what I give attention to, what I observe about me, my world, my thoughts, my experiences. It's profoundly intimate and personal. Whereas compassion, though you must first feel it towards yourself in order to share it with others, the focus with compassion is more angled towards communing with another, like togetherness, recognition of others, participating in their world experiences. To offer grace, patience, understanding, reassurance, awareness, empathy, and all the which create connection. These two powers or alchemies transform a being of compassion and gratitude. They transform you into a place of sincerity, of awakeness, of consciousness, enlightenment, mindfulness, and connection within themselves and make themselves available to another. Gratitude and compassion invite a soul into experiencing joy. Joy, a great feeling of happiness and pleasure and delight. Engaging in the attitude of gratitude and the willingness to choose compassion, I can be transformed into a space where distortion doesn't exist, fear has no place, worry is useless, control doesn't operate or animate, a place of peace and calm. So let's talk about some examples. Um, I've had some people share with me some examples in their life of compassion and then also gratitude. So here are some examples of first compassion. So I feel compassion for people who want to help, but lack the tools to do so. (laughs) When I read that, I thought, you know, I feel compassion for those people too. They want to help quote unquote help, but they don't know what help would actually look like. And so they jump in thinking that their version of help is what help really is. And it's not, it's like, let me help you and move this box over here. And you're like, "Um, please don't move that box. It's like, well, I'm helping you. (laughs) And you have to say, can you please help me another way and not move the box? I feel compassion for strong friendships. I feel compassion for myself when I'm trying to think about what another person is thinking about because I'm afraid um, for, for uh, the outcome of what they're thinking. I'm trying to control it. So I feel compassion for myself. I feel compassion for children or youth when parents are being harsh with them. I feel compassion for accepting someone's difficulties and weaknesses. 
I feel compassion when someone is letting us down or letting me down. I feel compassion for those around me who are suffering and going through a hard time. I feel compassion for people who are hurting emotionally or seeing someone else being, being supported when I was not. I feel compassion for my ex-spouse and how he treated me and the sad, lonely, dark place my ex-spouse is in. I feel compassion for a spouse who is full of pain because of choices they've made. I feel compassion for those who have been victimized, those who suffer from trauma, those who have been internalized, who have internalized the shame of their parents. I feel compassion for those who are trying and fall short and get back up and try again. I feel compassion for a person with a deformed body. I feel compassion for the people in Africa and other parts of the world that don't have the basic commodities of life. I feel compassion for someone having surgery and not knowing how the outcomes will be. I feel compassion for choosing faith and managing fear. I feel compassion for a baby, a child fighting for life. I feel compassion for someone learning to be vulnerable. Well, that's a big one. I feel compassion for someone being wronged or judged or blamed. I feel compassion for any type of animal that is suffering. Now let's shift into gratitude. Just see how these two movements, these two powers work with each other. So as you're feeling that sense of compassion, as you're listening to me describe what I and others have been feeling compassion for, notice the gratitude. I feel gratitude for opportunities to grow and change. I feel gratitude for knowledge and permission to expect that people keep commitments. I feel gratitude for truth because truth sets me free. I feel gratitude for giving someone the benefit of the doubt. I feel gratitude for people who believe in me and gratitude for hoping that people will succeed. I feel gratitude for someone who is rooting for me and for boundaries and for honesty and the ability to clean up my mistakes. I feel gratitude for peace in my life. I feel gratitude for recognizing um, when I'm in drama and then I can take a look at my drama and be compassionate towards myself and others. I feel gratitude for laws that govern the truth. I feel gratitude for God. I feel gratitude for my career, my support system of strong men and women who stand for truth, my marriage, that my marriage is getting a second chance. I feel gratitude for animals on the earth, specifically for my dog. I feel gratitude for sunny days, good food, for my car that's lasted so long. I feel gratitude for the money that I am uh, receiving that is supporting me to get the help that I need. I feel gratitude for my children. I feel gratitude for service and what it teaches me about me. I feel gratitude for my home and my cell phone and my trials and my health, the earth, my body, strong friends. I feel gratitude for change. I think a lot of people feel compassion around change. I feel gratitude for becoming aware of my enabling and lack of boundaries and being able to truly love and invite my child to be honest and responsible. I feel gratitude for education. I feel gratitude for loving my spouse without conditions. I feel gratitude for the concept of self-love in order to love others. I feel gratitude for a forgiving spouse and a sponsor who really cares because he has done the same hard work he's asking me to do. 
Oh, I just want to sit there for a minute and just soak all that in. There are billions of things that we can show gratitude and compassion for. Acknowledging and expressing gratitude makes feeling compassion so easy. There is an opportunity to find gratitude in everything and everyone you interact with, if you are willing to look for it. As you experience gratitude, you will you gratitude, you naturally are open to emotion and connection. Allowing yourself to feel is the key. Allowing yourself to feel, allowing yourself to be vulnerable is the key to connecting to yourself and, and others. Feeling gratitude, taking that thing, person, event, experience, and walking all the way around it and identifying and recognizing all that you can see that you appreciate. So here you've got an experience and you just figuratively walk all the way around the experience, all the way around the person and notice all the things that you can um, notice and say, I appreciate this and this and this, and I notice this, and I'm so grateful for this, and I love this. Involve all your senses so that you can truly engage in the act of gratitude. This blends right into compassion, this togetherness emotion, because you're open to feeling. So let's talk about for a minute what hinders compassion. Like exactly what's going on and why do so many of us struggle to be compassionate or even look for some kind of gratitude. So if intimate connected relationships are our goal and we are looking to be deeply unconditionally have love for ourselves and others, then compassion is a starting point. The trailhead where the ascension begins. Without compassion, it is impossible to authentically love or connect with yourself or others. Without genuine and conscious, conscious acts of compassion, you will love, quote unquote, with an agenda and want to take something from the person you're loving. If the outcome of compassion is connection, and if connection is so desirable to, to achieve, then what in the world is preventing us as human beings from developing and expressing compassion and gratitude? What causes us to want to take from those we love? What causes us to love with agendas and be selfish and codependent and disconnected? The answer to these questions is that we as humans, we're all vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, we can misinterpret our life experiences, which leads to optional pain and discomfort called distorted thoughts and false beliefs. These distorted thoughts and false beliefs are the destroyer of vulnerability, love, connection, validation, inner peace, and compassion and gratitude. Distorted thoughts create a feeling and a false belief that I am not enough, I am bad, I'm unworthy, I don't deserve, or that I am better than, I don't have to follow the rules, I'm unique and special, I'm the exception, I'm right, and I'm perfect. Distorted thoughts and false beliefs cause intense, searing emotional pain. Distortion also can cause disconnect from self, others, and God. So that is what hinders our ability to show compassion. Our ability to self-love is that we go into distortion. 
So the missing ingredient, the secret sauce, the key to meeting your own emotional and spiritual needs, healing your is to heal your distorted thoughts and live with joy, live with compassion, live with gratitude. In fact, this type of self-love is the only way to consistently meet your own needs and develop the honesty, responsibility, and humility that serve as the foundation for all great relationships, beginning with an empowering, empowering relationship with yourself. Isn't that beautiful? So it's through this challenging maze of growing up and working hard, being diligent, persevering, sacrificing, being held accountable and being honest and learning to surrender, not getting what you want, following through with commitments, emphasizing, um, empathizing that self-love and self-care can grow by struggling with life, yet being willing to stay honest, be responsible and, and for the outcomes and choices you've made and live humbly. Life will teach you. It will refine you. It will redefine you and create a masterpiece called you moving with your situation and being responsible for all that is being presented emotionally physically spiritually socially will mold you and create character life will present a perfect opportunity through the principles of opposition that you will need in order to become a loving caring compassionate gratitude-filled individual. All of us can do this, regardless of where you've come from and what your circumstances have been or regardless of what has happened to you. All of us can practice the skill of compassion, gratitude, joy, honesty, responsibility, and humility, which is all known as self-love. All of us can practice respect and honor for self and others. As we live in this manner, we will see clearly the difference between what we want and what we actually need, which is compassion and gratitude. Those are the things that we need. So I would end with an invitation, a strong invitation that during the course of each day that you stop yourself and you invite yourself to recognize what you are grateful for. Name five things. And then take those things you're grateful for and notice what you can have compassion around those things. How you can feel for yourself slash another person around those things you're grateful for. So when I think about the basic commodities of life, I have images in my head that of, of children mostly that I've seen around the world and I have incredible compassion for them. I'm grateful for my commodities and I have incredible compassion for the fact that they don't have them. I would invite you to engage in that exercise as an opportunity to connect. We so appreciate you and your support in spreading this crucial message to your family your friends, and your co-workers. Your greatest compliment to us would be for you to refer your loved ones to the podcast and classes at connectionsclassroom.com. Please go on to YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram and follow us for continual education, motivation, and truth. Stay connected, my friends.